Over a two-year period, everywhere I went in these outfits, I kept getting stopped. And I'm not kidding you. It was at least five, six, seven, sometimes ten times a day. Where did you get that? I have to have it. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Lois Robbins is an actor and also the founder of Watskin, a clothing brand that uses UPF 50-plus fabrics for their designs. Known for her daytime television roles on All My Children and One Life to Live, Lois decided to create Watskin out of a necessity when she learned of a cancerous cell on her face. Watskin now sells over 10 different types of sun-protective products and donates 5% of every purchase to the Melanoma Research Alliance. First of all, Robert, thank you for having me, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I grew up out on Long Island. I am the youngest of four girls. In order to get a word in edgewise, I guess, I started enjoying acting because it made me feel like I had a presence of of sorts. I was very overwhelmed by my three older sisters, and there was a big age difference. So I really felt like a little girl in a very big world. And I guess we were all pretty creative growing up, and my dad was a businessman. Uh, My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I think the thing that probably influenced me the most was, A, my sisters. I was very influenced by my sisters who were all extremely, as I said, my eldest sister is an interior designer. The second from the top is a very accomplished photographer. The third one is has been an incredible corporate wife. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I think I made a decision very early on that was never going to be me. I had great love and respect for my mother, but I knew that life would never be fulfilling enough for me. And I had such admiration for my dad and for his success. And I think I just always knew from the time I was five, when I decided I was going to be an actor, I always knew that I would always be working. What was it about your dad at that time that you recall and that really impressed you and stayed with you till today? My dad was a very strong but loving figure, and he was very supportive. I think also having a house full of women, it wasn't necessarily that he encouraged us to work, because I think, honestly, at that time, I think he thought it would just be great if we grew up and did wonderful charity work and married nice men and went on with our lives. He was a very old-fashioned man, but he saw the drive that I had. And it was very evident from a very early age. He was very encouraging and always very proud of me. And yeah, I think it was just that I, in him, I saw, I just, he was very accomplished and I just had such respect for him. Um, I, I wanted to emulate him. I wanted to be more like my dad. And even though I loved my mom, I was very close to my mother. I just, I really aligned myself in some way with my father. Yeah, I asked that question too for two reasons because I am in a house full of women. I have daughters and only daughters. And 
about getting a word in. And funny enough, the last of four as well, but there was a brother in there. So I can certainly relate on a lot of levels to what it must have been like. One thing I want to ask you, though, is you talk about drive. Five years old, you knew you wanted to be an actress. Like, where did that come from? Oh, it's such a fun story. So I was in a school play about uh, the months of the year. And all I wanted was to play the month of April. But I was cast in the chorus. And the young woman, Joni, that was cast as April on the day of the performance got sick. And I went to my teacher and I said, Miss Vicario, I can play the month of April. I know Joni's part. And she said, are you sure, Lois? And I said, yes. Now, April was the very dramatic month because April showers bring May flowers. You have to cry on cue. So she pinned the umbrella on me and I went out there on stage and I did the role and I did it very well to lots of thunderous applause, as I can remember. And I was hooked. I said, that was there was no turning back. I knew that's what I was going to do with my life. It was literally like that kind of a split second decision of I'm going to be an actor. Tell me about that. And, and obviously, we want to get to what you're doing today within your business. And we want to talk about uh, that because it's super impressive. But you also have had an incredible career as an actress. And it, it's so funny how you talk about this and how vivid that memory, the names you still remember, the teeth. That's how important it was. But I also know from having friends that are in the business and having been in the business that it's a very tough industry to break into. You have to have a lot of drive, like you talked about, be able to pick yourself off the mat. What was that like for you in the early days when you really said, I want to make a career out of this and you were a little bit older? I think I was just so naive about it that I never really thought about, I knew I was always very hardworking. And so I really subscribed to what I learned from Deepak Chopra many years later was don't tell your children that they have to make money, teach them what it is they're passionate about. And they'll always make money doing it. And I didn't realize that I lived that, that way, but I didn't clock that thought until I had met him many years later. But I think that Again, I was very naive about it, and I, but I was also very hardworking, and I thought, I'm just going to go for it. I was a theater major in college, and I started working every summer doing summer stock or whatever while I was in school. I, started, I got cast on daytime when I was in college, and I don't know. I think I just, maybe it was a naivete about me that I, I would walk into the room thinking, why wouldn't they hire me? I don't know. I just, I thought I was good. and. I had enough confidence. I wish I had more. Looking back, I wish I had more confidence at the time. But I think I wasn't afraid of the word no. And I understood very early on that the life of an actor is auditioning. And every now and then you get work. And you have to approach the auditions as that's the job. And I think I did that. And I intuited it somehow very early in my career. So I never got a crestfallen if I didn't get the job. I just prepared for it as if I had it. That this is what I really want to find out or figure out because to me, like you said, when you were five, you went to that teacher and said, I know this, I can do this. Kids, people, 
entrepreneurs, they're terrified to jump off the diving board. You just said it again when you were talking about you went into that room knowing like you were going to get the job or that you were right for it. That to me, and as I look at entrepreneurs and I look at people in general, that's the, I think from when you hear people talk and some of the most successful people in the world, that's the hardest thing. Like I've always wished for that trait. That would be incredible. Do you know, does that come from your parents? Does that, is, or is that just in, is that in you? Because you also said you wish you were more confident, which of course, but to have what you have. And at that age, like the five-year-old story is just, I would be hiding in the corner and like most people, but like, where is that coming from? I honestly don't know. I think it is innate because my, I don't think my mom was a very confident woman. And my sisters and I have talked about this. Like, we don't know because we're all pretty confident. We don't know where it came from because we certainly didn't get it there. I think there was some innate thing that it may be also growing up in a house full of women. Like, you mm. had to survive. You had to make your presence known. and. Yeah. So I, I think that it was just, it was who I was. I came in a certain way and, and I, I, it's always been thus. I can't know how to describe it, but that's who I've been. I just think of what you just said. And then I think of my daughters and the way they go at each other. They're two years apart and now they're teenagers. And maybe when now they're really going after each other and saying those things, I'm going to be thinking about you and thinking that, you know what, that might breed confidence because later on when people are telling them those same things and talking to them like that, they've been through it. And it sounds like mm -hmm. that really helped you. And I want to talk about going from being this actress to becoming an entrepreneur and congratulations on, on celebrating, I, I think your first anniversary, right? With Yeah, Boston. we just had it. Yes. It was a Labor Day weekend was our first anniversary. Amazing. Tell me about the process going from this super successful actress and still in the business, but going from that to starting this business, how did it come about? And did you have any background at all, aside from the entertainment industry, in creating a business? Again, you know, I grew up with a businessman who I learned a lot from, and he was always keeping us involved. My sisters and I were sat in meetings in his office all the time. Every month we were there, we were meant he wanted us there to know what was going on. So it wasn't like it was that foreign to me. I never thought about, I, the only thing I knew about fashion was that I loved wearing it. <laughs> I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but they say necessity is the mother of invention. And about, uh, I guess it must be five or six years ago, I had a squamous cell on my face and my dermatologist, I had to have Mohs surgery. You can imagine as an actor how terrifying that was. It all worked out great. I had a wonderful doctor, doctor, oh my goodness. Whatever his name is, you look good now. So it was Roy Geronimus. I just want to say it because I want to recommend him in case anybody goes through that. So he he told me you can't be in the sun ever. Like you must stay out of the sun. It turns out I literally just had a whole DNA panel done, and I'm uh, very susceptible to melanoma. Mm. 
which is I thought was fascinating considering what I decided to do. So when I was told I couldn't be in the sun, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I spent a lot of time outdoors. I love exercising outside. I love being on the water. I love hiking. I just, it was really a problem. So I thought, what am I going to do? And I literally bolted up in bed one night and I thought, I'm going to make myself a cat suit with a matching skirt. I'm going to go source some UPF fabric. So I, I went downtown. I, I found this great fabric store and I bought about six different patterns that I thought were fun. Called a friend of mine who was a tailor and I said, can you make me, I want a cat suit. These are the zippers I want to use and make me this wrapped skirt that has a tie. And she said, sure. So she made me, I think it was five or six outfits and I started wearing them everywhere. For over a two-year period, everywhere I went in these outfits, I kept getting stopped. And I'm not kidding you. It was like at least five, six, seven, sometimes 10 times a day. Where did you get that? I have to have it. And finally, after about two years of this, I thought, I think this is a business. And I was in St. Bart's on vacation with my family. And I met a young, beautiful young woman from the U.S. who was living in London. She stopped me to ask me about what I was wearing. And it turned out that she was working for a company called Tropic of Sea, which does sustainable bikinis. And she said, I just love what you wear. I love this. She said, let's just keep talking about it. So she ended up coming to New York. We took a walk in Central Park. And by the time we got out of the park, she said, I'm going to help you get started. And she introduced me to two amazing women who helped me with the manufacturing and honing in on the designs. And we literally launched... I think it took us five months from that conversation, which is unheard of. It was really fast. And it was because I had an all-female team, which was very important to me. I'm such a girl's girl. And oh, I will tell you from having businesses over the years for a long time, probably without a doubt, my best in employees and best colleagues and coworkers partners have been women and I don't know what it is or what it's about or but it really excites me especially nowadays because of maybe there's some more opportunities as opposed to when your mother was uh, a housewife just like my mother who was extremely bright and but never had an opportunity to go build a business or do anything right. so I will say you definitely are right I have found that to be true at least in my own little world but in any case that's great to hear and I just in, in terms of t tell us about because the outfit looks great and obviously you're getting stopped by people initially but do they even understand the what's really behind this and the safety and, and, and talk about that because that every, it's funny because I've talked to a lot of people, the person who started Allbirds, Warby Parker, and they always were like, even though it was sustainable, they always were like, it still had to look good and be a good product. But tell us about the product and why it's more than just incredible fashion. Sun protection, when I started wearing them. And when I came up with the idea, there really weren't too many people that were doing this. But I think what I've created with my incredible team is um, a clothing line that is not only uh, great for sun safety, but it's meant, it's very versatile, which there's no other product like it on the market that you can wear. You could say there's Lululemon, but women aren't wearing Lululemon to dinner. Um, 
we can literally, I can put on my denim cat suit and throw a great blazer on it and put some pumps on and it can take me everywhere. Or the, the Palazzo pants that we've done with matching shirts. And that was the idea that it could be a lifestyle brand that uh, is stylish, sophisticated, and literally, especially if you're traveling, think about how great it is that you can take a few of our pieces and you can literally, you can swim in it, you can exercise in it, you can go out in it, you can you know, play tennis or pickleball or golf, and then dress it up at night and drag it out. It's fantastic. And uh, we've just done a beautiful velvet cat suit that you can wear under your ski suit. It can go into a hot tub, or you can put on your après ski boots and a fabulous coat and you're dressed. So that is how we're doing it differently. And I have another idea every minute and my team has to go, Lois, remember, we have minimums. We have add SKUs, you add dollars, and I am self-funding this. So it's, I've got to be really smart about it. Talk about that. Talk about this woman that you met, the American woman, who I assume is your partner now, who was living in London or who helped you get started. What was that like, those beginning stages? And I don't even need to ask this because you told me when you were five, you put your hand up and jumped in that part. But was there any hesitation? Was there, were there nerves? Were you worried about what you were going to build or what you were thinking about? It's so funny, Rob, because honestly, again, I was so naive. (laughs) I thought, I'm going to do this. I think somewhere in me, I just don't know the word no. I am somebody that will just forge straight ahead and say, I, I say yes to life. Again, I think I was a little naive about what it would be like to start an apparel business that was just not in my wheelhouse at all. But I just felt innately that I had a great idea. And I knew I had, I feel like where God shuts the door, he opens a window. I met Jenny for a reason. And the reason was so that she could help me like fulfill a dream that I had about starting this company. So I went into it thinking, okay, let's see. I, th- I think we can do this. I, I think I know how to do this. It's funny because my husband was saying to me, you don't know what you're doing. You're not a business person. You're an actor. Like, how are you going to do this? You're going to lose your shirt. And I was like, no, I can do this. I know I can do this. If I put my mind to it, I will not fail. And I think some of my tenacity about this too was I wanted to prove him wrong. And I really wanted to prove to myself that I could make this work. And so there was, again, I was just not going to say no. I was going to say, yes, I'm going to make this a success. And I have to tell you that the trajectory that we're on right now, from where we started to where we are today, I have Shopify on my phone. And every few minutes, I hear ding, ding when a sale comes through. Best sound in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, wow, I did this. More from our guest, but first, a word from our sponsors. There is more to being a successful entrepreneur than just good business practices. What is it about an entrepreneur's childhood that helped them fuel their entrepreneurial spirit? What are entrepreneurs doing to cultivate this spirit in their own children and build a legacy beyond their business? Tune in each month to the Road to Why podcast by the Northern Trust Institute, where host Eric Shapea dives deeper with leading entrepreneurs on these topics and more. 
Find the road to why, where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we're back. I did this with the help of an extraordinary group of women, but I did this. Tell me about that drive and the proving and your husband wrong and and obviously motivation and the fact you knew it reminds me, obviously, I'm an entrepreneur, but it also reminds me of probably about 300 people who I've had on this show who have created incredible businesses, some of them multiple times, massive businesses. And what you just said, if I take this back to go listen to all these episodes after all these years, that ability to be like, I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder, prove people wrong. I'm going to pick myself off the mat. And no matter what, they're going to have to drag me out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to be successful. I would say to me, if I had to look at all these interviews, all these people, like that is number one character trait for successful entrepreneurs. I agree with you. I think that you have to see it, you have to visualize it, and you manifest it. Because if you see yourself failing, you're going to fail, right? But if you see yourself succeeding, and you say, hey, there's no other option. I've invested my time, my money. Um, I think I have an amazing idea. Uh, I've now taken the idea and made it something that's really viable and needed. And and I also, there's enormous gratification in having created something that people really need, want, and that uh, in addition to the sun protection, you're also, it, it's a health, a positive health uh, garment because you don't have to put toxic sunscreens all over your body. So there are so many elements about it that I think have driven me to to want to succeed. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It's more than we've had a lot of people on who've created incredible designers, big fashion brands. But, you know, what I love behind this and which I had never heard of and and you, I'm sure, did the research, but like what I really was interested in and 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 a, a main reason I wanted to talk to you was I'd never heard. I was like, that's pretty genius. Like when you think about it with everything now going on and what we know about the sun and cancer. And if you can make something that looks incredible, that's great, that protects you. So I, I really think you were or are ahead of your time. When you went out there and researched this, were there other brands? Were there other competitors to what you were doing? Or did you find it an open landscape? At the time that I started making them for myself, there was nothing. I went and searched the internet. Then I started wearing them. And all of a sudden, I really feel like I started a trend. Because if you notice, last year, all of a sudden, you started seeing cat suits pop up everywhere. Nobody was doing that. Every major design house is doing cat suits. And I really believe that was because of me because I was walking around in these for four or five years before I actually started the company. And where was I going with that? I don't remember where. You know, I'm not was. quite sure, but I bet you were going, or what I would imagine is that when you did this five years ago, 
and thinking about the protection from the sun, you were thinking of, hey, maybe something that would look good enough and be good enough. And then all of a sudden, talking about, as I spoke with other brands like Allbirds and sustainability, it really became about, hey, people just liked how it looked and people liked the fashion. And that's where, we, where I was trying to get with to. There, were, there is something about the idea that we can wear this, as I said earlier, for everything. And that was the thing that I saw that there was a real void because people are putting on their Lululemon pants and their top, but you got to get out, you got to shower and get out of it before you get on with your day. And that was what we did differently. I feel like we created something that can take you throughout the entire day and protect you at the same time. That was the exciting part of it to me, that it was different than anything else I had seen on the market or in the market and still is. To Nobody is really doing it this way. Tell me about starting the business and about getting out there. And was there ever a time that you might have said to yourself, and, and not because I know enough about you already and personality-wise that... But was there a time or period where you were like, maybe I'll just, I'll make this for myself? Because any business, no matter what you're doing, and apparel especially, is a very difficult business. Were there days, are there days sometimes that you say to yourself, what am I, how are we going to get through this? What am I doing? Did I make what was right I decision? Thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Many days like that after we launched, because we had an unbelievable launch party where we sold a ton of garments. And then, of course, it was very slow because it was at the end of summer when we launched. And so I thought, okay, this was maybe not a very timely thing to do. What are we going to do now? And so it was very slow in, er, in the early months. And I did think I'd invest a lot of money. And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? But that's where the persistence comes in. And that's where the belief in myself and the belief in what I had created had to really take hold because where people were saying to me, maybe we shouldn't make so many SKUs for spring. I said, no, we need the newness. Like we are starting. I've made this investment. I've made this commitment. And no matter what, and it was a nail biter, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> but right. I said, no, I've made the commitment and we're going to, we're moving forward. Even now, sometimes I'll say to my team, look, I really want a denim skirt. We didn't do a denim skirt. We need the denim skirt. So I had the factory make me one denim skirt. I said, let me wear it. Let me put it online, see what people think and get a reaction. And of course, we've got an 85% yes, please make the skirt. And so now we'll go ahead and make the skirt. But yeah, there were many days. But I think, I don't want to give myself, I don't want to jinx myself, but I think that those days I feel are over. I feel like we're, we've really, we're onto something. It just keeps getting better and better. Each season we're getting better and better. We've learned so much about what works, what doesn't work, what people want, what they don't want. And, and we've created a new uh, styles every season. And I just, I, the creative process, and I think this was just because of my acting, and I am a creative person, it's really helped me with the business because if you're a creative, you're a creative, right? And and yeah, so I just keep coming up with more ideas and I keep saying, we're just moving forward. That's it. Just keep moving forward. Yeah, I love that. I love the ability to be able to just be like, we need to do this. We need to go forward. Even on those tough days, the hardest days, when I've seen in terms of people and businesses, that's when 
they pull the plugs back. And and I always wondered on this show, because I we're always interviewing successful entrepreneurs, but I can't believe probably I always thought a great show would be how many of these people gave up like a month before or because they didn't want to put the money into a denim skirt or which became their bestseller. But for you now, looking at the business and and obviously coming up pretty soon with, I would assume, second summer, but also just with all these different lines and fashion, where do you see the business? Where do you see the growth right now? And how do you make sure that happens? Because at the end of the day, you're self-funding this. It all comes down to numbers, no matter what business you are, even if you're taking in VC, but you have to run a business, right? So where do you see, what are the plans over the next six, 12 months for the company? I think that we're creating a lot of new pieces. We're doing starting outer, it's all outerwear because it's all meant to be worn outside, but we're creating jackets and I have a coat in mind that I've already designed. Uh, we're looking for the factory to do it. I, I feel like the possibilities are, quite frankly, endless. I, I see dresses in our future. I see shoes. Uh, we've just added a, a bag, a, a wonderful beach bag. The possibilities are really endless for what this could be, how we go. And it's all about supply and demand, really. People it seem to really want what I've done, and and I'm just going to keep adding and and subtracting certain things we did that we thought, no, that doesn't work. We're going to eliminate that. And it's been an incredible learning process. I have to tell you, I've never had more fun in my entire life. And the thing that I love about this even more than acting is that I'm the one in control. Mm. I'm making all the final decisions. I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, I like the idea of doing this with, with this and telling my team, no, we I would like even the denim. Can we find a fabric that looks like denim, but feels like our pieces feel? And like all, all these things are just really exciting to me. And I feel like the possibilities are frankly endless. Yeah, I, I love uh, your enthusiasm and energy. And I, I love the fact there's a mission behind this business, which is, is self-care aside from just the fact that the product looks great and the designs. And that's especially nowadays just incredibly important. I, I wish you the best luck in the time we have before I, I have to let you go. I want to ask if you look back at your career and think of the roles, the acting, think of the business now and think of the work you're putting in. What are the similarities between what you've done in the acting world? and what you are doing now in the entrepreneurial world? I think it's very similar in that. It's a great question, by the way. Um, I think it's very similar in that it's all about dreaming and visualizing. Um, and cre- as I said earlier, it's about creating something. When I work on, a, on an acting role, I dig in there and I try and find the history of the character and all that good stuff. And I think it's the same thing with any business, frankly. It takes a vision, a strategy, and a follow through. And I think it's it applies everywhere. So I, I see that my my 
tenacity in my acting career has definitely helped my tenacity as an entrepreneur designer. <laughs> I would imagine to me, there is a lot of rejection. I can't think of more of an industry in entertainment and then also being an entrepreneur where you face that rejection. And I just want to add, again, so many of our listeners, they're so worried about someone saying no or failing, all of us. And it's happened, it's kept so many people on the sidelines when they maybe could have become an incredible actress, they could have become an incredible doctor, they could have become an incredible, they could have built an incredible business, right? What would you say, just as we wrap up, what would you say to those people where it's not Nate within them to be like, I'm going to do this? Is there anything you can give them, tell them that, you know what, you just got to do it, go for it and give it a shot? I think that no is an inevitable part of life. We're all going to hear no. And you just have to figure out how to turn no into yes. And it's all about believing in yourself. And believing that what you have or what you have to offer is wonderful. And just don't take no for an answer. I, that's literally how I've lived my life. I do not take no for an answer. And the other thing is not giving up. I remember when I, and I remember thinking at that time, oh my God, yeah. like I thought she was older than dirt. And I thought, oh, if I'm in my 40s and I still haven't made it as an actor, I am not going to be doing this. And it is interesting how you reinvent yourself in every decade. And, and you don't realize who you're going to be. I didn't know who I was going to be in my 40s. But I have to say that I think it's all about tenacity and all about saying I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. And uh, just don't take no. Just do not take no. <laughs> Lois, thank you so much for coming on How Success Happens and an entrepreneur and wishing you the the best of luck. I know because of what you just said, not taking no and being able to do that, that this is just going to continue to thrive and continue to build. And as I look at it, it's incredible what you've done already in a very short period of time. So just can I add one more thing? I you can one add more as thing. many as you want. I want to say the other really important thing too. I think to success is surrounding yourself with people who really believe in you and are like standing by you because without that it's interesting when you watch like the oscars or the great you always hear people thanking their spouse their team because nothing happens on one man it's there's no one man army it takes a village to be successful you really yeah. have to surround yourself with people who have the same vision that you have and that's to support you no that's so true for anyone that's created something or built something but it's never that that one person. And for all the businesses, it's a great reminder because obviously you come on the show, you're the founder without having the right people. The And this is one thing I will say that's super important, especially just in my background in building businesses and creating them. It was always about making sure you found those right people. And if you don't have those right people and you have the naysayers or the negatives that that can ruin a business, you have to quickly make changes and bring in the right folks because 
that's everything. And that the bat, if you don't have that in the wrong people, no matter how good, no matter how great your product is, no matter how great you have these ideas, if you don't have those people who are all in and executing and smart and positive, I find that's just something that can really, it's probably incredible how many businesses that's ruined that were mm-hmm. could have been super successful. A hundred percent. Yep. So best of luck and wishing you, you the best. And I can't wait to see the brand all over. I am sure this summer out here in New York, I will be seeing a ton of it. And I like the fact that you're getting into the skiing game as well, because we're heading skiing in about a week or two. And and I can't wait to start seeing people wearing it all over. It sounds like you have something that you can just keep building off of and expanding the business as we talk about with different items. Like it looks like you already have, I guess you probably are waking up a lot in the middle of the night with different ideas. <laughs> yes, I am. I, and I hope to see you on the mountain in my white skin. <laughs> I'll be able to pick you out. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you All so right. much. Thank folks. you so much. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost, and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.